Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, the next day he, that is John, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now John does not speak these words into a vacuum. Presumably the delegation from the Pharisees, the priests, and the Levites were part of his audience. There were certainly some of his disciples present as well. But if we are to understand this prophetic announcement, we must recognize not the individuals, but the culture into which John spoke. Behold, the Lamb of God. What lamb would immediately come to mind among the Jews gathered there in the wilderness beside the Jordan? Morning and evening, twice a day, a lamb was sacrificed in the temple, the place where God had called his name to dwell. Through the sacrifice, though the sacrifice had been interrupted during the exile when Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first temple, this twice daily sacrifice stretched all the way back to Sinai. In Exodus 29, we read, Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two lambs, a year old, day by day, regularly, for a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. It shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations. For generation upon generation, Israel had sacrificed a lamb to sanctify its life, body, soul, and spirit to the Lord. Fast forward as many millennia after John as Sinai was before, we too offer a daily sacrifice. As the writer to the Hebrews describes it, through him that is Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. For ancient Israel, for us today, this daily sacrifice binds us, keeps us in relationship to the one who created us and who redeemed us. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But there is another lamb, one that perhaps more likely presented itself in the imagination of those present in response to John's somewhat startling proclamation, the Paschal lamb. This lamb goes back even before Sinai, back to Egypt and the last of the plagues that Yahweh wrought against Pharaoh, against the nation. In Exodus 12, we read, tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And you know the story. The lamb was to be a male, a year old, from either the sheep or the goats. But most importantly, it was to be without blemish. The lamb was then kept until the fifteenth day of the month, when all Israel would slaughter their lambs at twilight. The blood was placed into a basin and a bunch of hyssop was used to dip into the blood and then mark the lintel and the two doorposts of the house in which the Passover meal was eaten, eaten in haste along with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. The destroyer 
passed through the land, struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. But the blood of the Paschal lamb kept everyone safe within, sealed by the blood, sealed under the blood. And once a year, this singular lamb recalled not just that singular night, but with it the entire Exodus event, the mighty acts of God that declared, you are my people. Now fast forward to Patmos and John the Evangelist's vision from Revelation chapter 5. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Here is the antitype, the fulfillment of what the Paschal lamb prefigured. It had saved ancient Israel from the sword of the destroyer, from physical death. But this lamb saves from eternal death. And here's the rub. This lamb is not the lamb of the baptizer. They are two different words in Greek. Or is it? Consider the connections, the tripsticks that John the evangelist puts in our way. John chapter 19. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. At twilight, the Passover lambs would die, even as Jesus' corpse was being taken from the cross. Or verse 33, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Now the soldiers were just sparing themselves the effort, but John was making the connection to the Paschal lamb, citing Exodus 12, three verses later. And, when, and then there is the hyssop, Another unlikely detail that only John records for us, but it is a hyssop branch that lifted a final drink to Jesus' dying lips. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There on the cross, the final Paschal Lamb dies in our place. This is how he takes away the sin of the world. This is how he takes away my sin and your sin. This is how he declares, you are forgiven. Behold the Lamb of God. We naturally hear possession. It's God's Lamb, which of course is true. However, for the Jews beside the Jordan, there is another sense and another Lamb the lamb that God provided. Young Isaac following in his father's steps, my father, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham replies, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And again, you know the story. They left the young men with the donkey and climbed the mountain. They built an altar, arranged the wood, and then the part of the story that only Jewish ears would hear. According to Josephus, when Isaac heard Abraham say that he was to be sacrificed, Isaac rushed on his own accord with joy to the altar. One of the rabbinic writings even puts words in Isaac's mouth. 
Bind my hands properly that I may not struggle in the time of my pain and disturb you and render your offering unfit. But Isaac does not die. Jesus himself, the pre-incarnate Jesus, stays the hand of Abraham and instead provides a substitute, a lamb caught in the thicket. Then he declares, by myself I have sworn because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. The story of Isaac accounts for both titles for Jesus we encounter in our text. He is the Lamb of God, and he is the Son of God. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus willingly goes to the cross as our sacrifice for sin, and even as some of our hymnody would suggest, goes with the joy of Isaac. His spilled blood declares, you are redeemed. As Isaac and his father stood but once on the mountain, so Jesus too died but once in our place and was raised to all eternity. Behold, the Lamb of God, And I would suggest that there is yet another lamb that would come to mind to the baptizer's audience, a lamb of which Isaac may well have served as the prototype, the lamb of Isaiah chapter 53. We read, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. The prophecy of the suffering servant who would bear the chastisement of us all, the one that is Israel, because they, the nation of Israel, had failed. Their presence before John bore testimony to that failure. They are there explicitly to repent. Behold the lamb, silent to the slaughter, John spoke into Jewish ears. Jesus is the true Paschal Lamb who is offered by his father, even as Isaac is offered by Abraham, and who, as the suffering servant, became the chastisement of God for the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. John spoke into Jewish ears, but he also speaks into New Testament ears, into ears into the ears of those baptized with the Spirit by this Lamb of God. John saw, and so he testifies that the Spirit descended and remained on him. He has received the Spirit, and now he gives the Spirit. And this word, omnos in the Greek, this Lamb that we are to behold, only appears four times in the New Testament two of which were in our text this morning. The next time we hear the words come in the book of Acts, chapter 8, on a desert road between Jerusalem and Gaza, an angel of the Lord prompts Philip to run and join a certain chariot making a long journey to Ethiopia. Philip does so, and being invited to join the court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, he inquires if the man understands what he is reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The man exclaims, 
How can I unless someone guides me? The passage he is reading is the one that you just heard from Isaiah 53. The lamb led silent to the slaughter. About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else, he asks. And beginning with that text, Philip explained the good news about the Lamb of God, about Jesus. And as they were going, the eunuch exclaimed, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Baptized in the water with the Spirit, just as the Baptist had said, just as the Father declared. Behold, the Lamb of God. The invitation came to each of us at the font as the water was splashed over us in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. By that water connected with the word, the Spirit entered your lives, your hearts, your world. At that moment, God declared, you are mine. Just as those first lambs we talked about, the twice daily sacrifice, your lives are daily renewed as you recall that baptism and start anew as you heed John's words, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The final time we hear the lamb, this lamb comes from Peter's first epistle. Peter warns his reader, he warns us, to be sober-minded, setting our hope fully on the grace that we received at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then he reminds us of the Father's admonition from the book of Leviticus, you shall be holy, for I am holy. In and of ourselves, that of course is bad news. How can sinners stand before a just and holy God? But Peter further explains, if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You and I were ransomed by the blood of the Lamb. Blood that you will soon take upon your lips along with his body in the sacrament. Blood that declares you are free. Free from the guilt of sin. Free from judgment and condemnation. Free to be the people of God. Behold the Lamb of God. And as we sang in our sermon hymn, Paschal Lamb by God appointed, all our sins on thee were laid. By almighty love anointed, thou hast full atonement made. Every sin may be forgiven through the virtue of thy blood. Open is the gate of heaven. Peace is made twixt man and God. Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Son of God has taken away your sin. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.